Hello and uh, welcome to episode 3 of Not Average. Um, so, uh, I nearly forgot to do this today and uh, that wouldn't have been particularly good for such a young podcast. So uh, yeah, forgive me if uh, my preparation is not as good as I would have hoped, but you know, it is what it is. I have been thinking about what I want to talk about, I just kind of didn't put two and two together and think I wanted to talk about it today. But nonetheless, here we are. Um, so, I think what we'll do going forward and kind of have done up to this point is I'll talk about some sports stuff to start with excuse me we'll talk about some sports stuff to start with uh, and some technology stuff after that um I don't really know how long I'm going to sort of uh, make each section last I think it'll be more a case of like if there's something interesting to talk about uh it will just go for as long as it goes for <coughs> right so first up uh it, as an Arsenal fan, it would be remiss of me if I did not mention the gloriousness of the North London derby. Um, if you're a Spurs fan and you're listening to this, first of all, it amazes me because I feel like I personally know everyone who's ever listened to this at the moment because so few people have. Um, secondly, uh, you'd be doing the same if you were in my shoes. I think what makes this so enjoyable is not so much the result, and don't be wrong, the result is enjoyable. It's more the kind of unexpectedness of it. I feel like, um, and I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I certainly feel like for myself, I assumed that we might not necessarily lose. I just don't think that I foresaw us being able to dominate the game in the way that we did. Uh, now, for those of you who maybe are not familiar with what I'm talking about at all, the North London derby is Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur, uh, soccer football game. Um, it's neither team is top of the league or anything like that, but they're geographically super close. Uh, and for whatever reason, and I'm told that back in the day, fans would watch both teams, but now there is like an animosity between Arsenal and Tottenham. It's one of those, it's like Galatasaray Fenerbahce. Um, the, the fan bases just can't see to eye, eye to eye with each other on the football. Um, it's, it's really difficult to like explain exactly what it is. Um, but it's one of those things. I, I mean, I love sport. I love competition. I love all that stuff and I love sportsmanship and everything like that. But when it comes to, to Arsenal Spurs, I just want Spurs to lose everything. Just like I'm sure that Spurs fans want Arsenal to lose everything. I don't, you know, if, if they're playing a game, I don't care who it's against. I want the other team to win. Um, obviously sometimes you could be conflicted on that if it meant that, you know, them losing meant that someone who is an actual rival of yours would go ahead of you in the league or something like that. But to, to generally sort of make you understand how Arsenal fans feel about Spurs, them losing is just, you know, it's like the second win of the week if Arsenal managed to win. Uh, so when they come together, that, that sort of animosity really, it makes the atmosphere in the ground a different kettle of fish altogether. Um, so yeah, uh, and Arsenal uh, on Sunday, Sunday or Saturday, I forget which, um, managed to beat Spurs 4-2, uh, having been 2-1 down at, at half time. Um, and I guess, as I was saying previously, the reason it was so good is because um, pre-game, I was not expecting that kind of 
performance. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I, we, we've had a massively long unbeaten run at this point, but we, you know, everyone's been saying, well, you haven't really played anyone. I mean, we played Liverpool. They're pretty good also. Um, but everyone's sort of going, oh, we haven't played anyone good. Da, 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 da. And you kind of get that in your head. The last couple of seasons haven't been particularly inspiring. But of course, people are forgetting the fact that we did win at home last year when things were going badly, uh, 2-0 against Spurs. Uh, so, people quickly forget. <clears throat> but, regardless, the performance we put in was really good. The, the, the goals were good. Everything was good. Um, it was just one of those things. As an Arsenal fan, it was everything you wanted. Uh, I'm sure that as a Spurs fan, it was everything you didn't want. Um, tonight, I mean, I'm recording this on Wednesday, the, uh, the 5th of December. My word, nearly Christmas. Um, and we play Manchester United tonight. Um, so basically what I want is to us, for us to put that kind of effort that we put into the, the Spurs game into Manchester United tonight. And if we do that, now I think Spurs are a much better team than Manchester United at the moment. Um, then hopefully it could be another amazingly good, enjoyable night for us as Arsenal fans. But I just have this feeling that, that Jose Mourinho, whilst he's, uh, a controversial character, shall we say. I just have a feeling that he knows how to sort of snooze his way to a victory. Um, you know, you only have to look at some of the games that he's played. He seemed, he's happy to play a uh, just boring, destructive kind of football, uh, and maybe scrape a victory or draw. Um, and I think to be fair, at the moment, Manchester United drawing at home with Arsenal would be a victory for them and and I'm not even trying to antagonize Manchester United fans by saying that I just think that you know of their recent performances they have not looked good and whereas Arsenal have been on the ascendancy so you know it's one of those uh, I'm sure that Manchester United diehards would massively disagree with me and it is what it is fair enough but anyway so that little bit of a Arsenal aside um I guess the sort of one of the big stories in sport has been one for which I sort of I got I got caught up in a bit of a debate on Twitter um was the uh the Ballon d'Or uh winner for the female player where the DJ at the event asked if she could twerk um and it's brought up a big sort of thing about sexism in sport and so on and so forth now <clears throat> I was basically trying to debate someone on Twitter about this, um, not very successfully. And I kind of put that down to my inability to structure my argument how I wanted to within the, the character limits of Twitter. Um, and they responded fast enough that I couldn't get my whole sort of vibe out. And also, I'm absolutely not an expert in this field at all. I'm not a woman, so I have never experienced sexism in um, sport in the way that, a w- the, that women will have done. Um, and I want to categorically put out there that I, I don't think it's acceptable to have sexism in sport or anywhere. Uh, and my argument, basically, having thought about it a bit since the initial uh, conversation I was having, I think my argument was largely that this wasn't sexism in sport, it was sexism. Um now, uh, I don't think that either is better or worse than the other. I just think that uh, a DJ at an awards show saying to a woman who's just won an award uh, was sexism rather than sexism in sport because he's a DJ uh, 
in a role where his role was DJing, I think there is sexism in I think the, the, the point I was trying to make is that I think there is sexism in sport, but this was not particularly uh, indicative of it. I think that um, things like, uh, and I mean, again, I fully acknowledge that I am not a woman uh, uh, and I'm not a female sports person, so I'm making assumptions and making um points based on the little bit of information that I know about this stuff and, and I'm also fully open to be being um, debated on the su- subject with a view to learning more about it um, but I think stuff like when Seth Blatter back in the day said that women playing football is good because they look good in shorts or words to that effect that is sex mid sport and that's coming from the top guy in, in, in FIFA that to me is many times more appalling in terms of sexism and sport than some like I was going to say nobody but a small fry DJ saying can you twerk to a person um, now a second issue there is that I also fully agree with the person I was arguing with I wouldn't say arguing discussing um, was that it really took the, the, the sort of shine off of her achievement of winning the Ballon d'Or um, you could see by the way that she reacted when she said no, like it was just like as if you just asked me that, and I, and I totally understand. I can't I, I can't imagine how upsetting it would be to win such an achievement and then basically be reduced to can you twerk? It's it's you know I don't find it funny. I'm laughing because of the ridiculousness of it. And um, Martin Solvig, he, he said, oh yeah, I think that my language skills and blah blah blah, whatever. I mean, you know, I. I sort of struggle and I always try and look at the other person's viewpoint in one of these controversies to sort of see, you know, because basically because of the sort of lynch mob mentality of the internet and when people do stuff wrong these days, um, is this, has this person been taken out of context? Have they really done something as bad as what they said? And I, I kind of think that maybe he has been taken out of context in that apparently he was talking to other people about what dances they wanted to do and blah, blah, blah. But, I also think that if he was unaware of how inappropriate that was to say to that person at that time, then basic lack of language skills is probably not the reason that he made that error. Uh, and also, regardless of whether he meant to or not, it was just inappropriate and it ruined what could, should have been. I'm sure it still was ultimately a, a great experience uh, to, to win that award. I just feel like um, it you know, there's a lot of media coverage um, about sexism in sport, which is good. And I think that this, this, the subject should be discussed and all this sort of stuff. But I also think um, that if you are, if you want to make a point of sexism in sport, showing stuff whereby, you know, systematic th- uh, things are in place that make uh, women's sport not as popular as men's um, and all that sort of stuff is probably a a stronger argument or not even a a stronger argument is probably not the right term it's more damning shall we say maybe than um some guy who is not a sportsman making an off-the-cuff sexist comment it's a that is sexism like sexism everyday sexism which again is unacceptable but i I think sexism in sport and what matey did are two different things it was at a sporting event I uh, like I appreciate that um but you know I I I feel like 
for for whoever I, I don't even really know who puts on the Ballon d'Or. It's like a French thing um, for the organisers of that to have known that a DJ is going to say something as inappropriate off the cuff at that time and deal with that ahead of time seems really like a stretch uh, and revisionism and you know hindsight is a brilliant thing and obviously I'm sure that if they knew he was going to say that that they would have said that's inappropriate don't do that I, I just feel like that there's two issues there that are and because of the way it's framed it doesn't you know to me anyway that to me is sexism Sepp Blatter saying that women should play football because they look good in shorts is sexism in sports and that is coming from the guy who at the time was the top dog in FIFA that to me is indicative of the problem of sexism in sport being a real thing whereas the other thing is sexism in general life which is also a problem but I just don't I I didn't see the correlation between those two things um, and also I fully agree and feel bad about the fact that that this moment was ruined for for her um <clears throat> but anyway that's a bit of a, a, a sort of not a touchy subject but a difficult subject especially as a bloke to talk about um and I 100% do not think that I am right on this subject. I think it's obviously nuanced and I think that people who who have suffered at the at the hands of it are, are going to be much better positioned to speak about it. Um but that's how I was viewing it and I think uh, you know I'm more than open to be uh, told I'm wrong and be proven wrong and be educated in this. Uh, I mean I personally do not have any issue with women playing sport. I don't think that they should be devalued, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and I think that I can basically, I feel like I can see stuff which is sexism in sport that isn't being highlighted, um, by big media and stuff. And that this is kind of one of those things where it's like, Oh, a thing has happened. We can jump on this and we can get clicks on our website. I feel like it's making a clickbait scenario out of something which is a problem but isn't the one that they're sort of covering i guess at the same time anything that brings these kind of issues up to the the forefront is a good thing um and, and in no way am i discrediting that but i kind of feel like this is sexism sexism is is a different thing anyway i feel like i've definitely done that to death uh the final point i would make on it, it, it in sexism in sport is that I was talking about to someone about the Arsenal women's team the other day and people were like, Oh, you only care about that because Arsenal are doing well. And I, I, I that's probably correct. Um, and I don't think that that's because it's women's football. I think that's because it's my team and they're doing successfully. But the reason they're doing successfully is because they made women's football professional. So, what a shock really like professional women f football players are getting better because they are professional and they can play it all the time if women had been allowed not allowed but if the if the league had been put in place where a professional women's league existed for longer then women would be better you know if i did something full-time every day for my job i'm going to be better at it than if i have to do my job and do it separately it doesn't seem like a you know that to me is a I don't know whether the problem is that does the sexism lie in the creation of a professional women's league there and the lack thereof, or is it a case of the sort of audience is sexism because there's not the will 
to support a professional women's league. And, you know, sport nowadays being a business, I understand, you know, the men's football operates as a business. But with all the sort of money and stuff flying around in men's football, would, would there have been an argument earlier than now to have just said, well, part, in order to participate in um, professional football uh, in the in the league, you have to have a professional women's team. So even if it wasn't self-sustaining, uh, a self-sustaining business, it was like these these clubs were motivated to do so. Um, because then we would have had a professional women's league earlier, and then obviously the, you can already see that the quality is is going up exponentially because of the fact that these girls um, are able to practice all the time, equal you know, equally to men. Now, again, I I am sort of talking about something of which I have a cursory interest in. Um, do I go and watch the women's football? No. Um, would I? I mean, if if it was easy and available to me, probably. I've watched it on TV. Um, and it, even to me, like a casual observer, it's clearly better. So they've got a better product. Um, they're going to get more people down there. And then, obviously, more people, more eyes, uh, television rights, um, more money. Then they can just do more and more, and it, it grows. So, you know, there's no... The, in my mind, there's no reason that women's football can't be as good as men's football. I mean, I think physicality is going to dictate that there'll be strength and weaknesses throughout the game. I mean, potentially, you know, I, I don't know. We're getting into sort of me making guesses about sort of physiology and all that sort of stuff. I don't know enough about it. But even if even if there are physiological differences that, that prevent women from, I don't know, running as fast, um, then there's potential that they can have a more skillful game or something because the, the speed is lower you know i don't know again i'm making um random stabs in the dark here but i think that there's um every chance that a, a professional women's league can can get to be as entertaining as um and and of, of a such a quality as uh men's football um so yeah i mean that that to me the fact that and I mean, the fact that it's now a, a professional thing and, you know, I, what I always worry about is that you, by sort of criticising something like the women's professional football and the lack of it prior to it existing, is that I can't criticise what's there now because it is there now. Someone has, like, someone's gone out there and made that happen uh, and fair play to them. And I'm not in a position to criticise them because they're they're making that, that right. Um, should something have been done beforehand? quite possibly um but we are where we are i think yeah and again i i massively realize that i'm in a in a position whereby it hasn't negatively affected me um make of that what you will uh, but 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 basically what i'm saying is i, I don't think sexism in sport is acceptable but i do think it exists uh, and I don't think sexism in general life, people being sexist is acceptable, and I do think it exists. Uh, I don't know that you can see a sports person being the victim of sexism and attribute that to sexism in sport, uh, I guess. Um, if you disagree, please let me know. If you can tell me how and why I'm wrong, let me know. Like, I want to be educated. These are things that I don't know enough about that I am more than happy to know more about. So there we go. Um, <clears throat> enough of that for the moment. Um, so in terms of technology, 
what have I got on the menu for today? So I was having some thoughts about uh, hacking. So recently, the Marriott Hotel got hacked. Um, hundreds of millions of users' information exposed. Quora, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but basically the website where you can ask a question and um, people can put answers, that that got hacked and, and hundreds of millions of users' details and passwords and stuff get exposed. Um, and the thought that I was having about this is, and I work, I, I work in cybersecurity, so you know, it's it's all too easy to go. Wow, these idiots didn't do this, um, and to an extent, I think that's a fair criticism. Um, I think without knowing the technical deal details of these particular um, attacks, nor particularly the solutions to them, because obviously without knowing ex- explicitly what happened with them, it's hard to know what the solution would have been. Um, it's it's one of these things, right? My my, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, if a traditional bricks and mortar company, so say for example, um, I'm trying to think of a company that's not got a large online presence, but let's just say, say Tesco's had no online presence. They, the Tesco's is a supermarket in the UK. The they're very big. Loads of people use them. Say someone broke into their head office physically broke into their head office and picked up a filing cabinet. And and let's say that they, you know, let's make this even more extreme. Let's say that they stole an armoured car, they drove it straight through, like, two security fences, ran over the security guard who's at the office, smashed it through the wall, like a brick wall, then they had an angle grinder, they angle grinded round a, 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 through a steel cage and they took a filing cabinet. Um... And they and and that filing cabinet had your details within it. <clears throat> now, have they taken reasonable precautions to look after your data? I think yes. Um, I mean, if you couldn't have predicted that someone was going to go to that extreme to get that data, which I think is a reasonable prediction, um, have they by having security fences, security guards, blah blah blah, they could have CCTV, whatever. It doesn't stop that from happening. So then those people can go and they can do whatever they want with your, your, your information. Now, in my view and the view, in my view, I should say, I think that people would think, look, look at these absolute, these criminals have done this crime to Tesco's and the negative repercussions of being felt by their customers are, um, a result of these criminals actions. Whereas now, if you look at the sort of, cybersecurity scenario like Quora someone has effectively done this but so what I believe what the story is is that their website was compromised um, and someone managed to inject and run some code on there so that when you logged in or whatever they managed to sort of siphon off your uh, credentials or whatever into to a different server right or they got, you know, somehow they managed to compromise their website. Um, now, without knowing whether that was through a previously known about uh, exploit, uh, or because they managed to exploit it prior to a, like, uh, in the gap between, I'm trying to use terms basically that, that everyone will understand here. So if they managed to do this exploitation between when a vulnerability uh, became known about 
and then became patched. So when something goes wrong on a computer, or rather when someone figures out how to make something go wrong on a computer to allow something to happen that shouldn't be able to happen, um, that's like basically the first time that a vulnerability is discovered. Um, and then there is obviously a period of time between that happening and between someone releasing a bit of software which is going to resolve that problem and not allow it to happen anymore. Then there's a further delay between when that patch is, those are called patches, and when that patch becomes available, that needs to be installed onto a system. Now, all of that obviously, depending on what it is and the seriousness of it and also the amount of people that's going to affect, um, all of that takes time. Now, if a website, uh, if a vulnerability for basically a web server or something like that is discovered, um, and, and then exploited before any, uh, anyone knows about it, then that's hard to sort of, uh, mitigate. Um, whereas if someone has known about this for ages and there's, and, and the developer has fixed it, and then the patch is available, and then the company running the server is just not bothered to do that update, that to me then puts the blame back onto the company running the server. That's negligent. So to me, in my eyes, um, and, and, and there has to be like a reasonable period of time there for testing, um, for basically a company to decide this patch is not going to affect any other aspect of our business, we can put it on there. Um, so the, the time frame between... A, a vulnerability being figured out, fixed, and the fix implemented on their system can be can vary in time, depending on complexity, depending on the testing that has to go into it, all sorts of stuff. So just because an exploit that's being used on a website has been known about and potentially even patched does not mean that they've been, in my eyes, negligent in not necessarily pushing that patch out to production servers but this is all information that we don't get shown in the media. So, you know, if so, if we go back to my test, original Tesco's analogy, if, if that, per, if they, if the robber of the, of the filing cabinet had gone in there and they'd found just the gate in the security fence open, they'd wandered past the security guards asleep. Um, and they walked upstairs, the, or they walked through the door, the door was unlocked. They just, the CCV was broken and they just got the thing. That's, that's negligent. And that's basically what happens when, a company is not doing their, their, their due diligence. They're, they're not looking at the, the problems that potentially could arise in their software. They're not designing their systems so that information is encrypted, all that sort of stuff. Um, that to me is negligent. The company should be dragged through the media and made to look like an idiot. And they should obviously be the requisite sort of fines and stuff doled out by the ICO. Um, <clears throat> and any other data protection -y people. Um, but to me, when I look at Quora, um, with you know, if we make the assumption that that this was like a a relatively sophisticated thing that someone's done, um, and that you know they the information that I, I read suggested that all the password was hashed and uh, encrypted and all that sort of stuff properly, it looks like they've designed their system properly. Um, and then potentially someone has exploited a bit of software somewhere along the lines uh, to get this information. I feel like we have to be realistic and at some point uh, think, well, there's only so much a company can do to protect the information we give it. 
Now, you can ask, why do we have to give Quora this information? And that is a decision that you'd have to make for yourself. Obviously, they, they took us, I think, I don't use Quora myself, but I believe you have to uh, sign up to ask or answer questions. So basically, in order to use the site uh, for anything other than a reading um, point of view, um, you need to sign up. So then they have your information. So, so I don't believe they have like loads of financial information and stuff like that, but still... As we all know, uh, in cybersecurity, people use the same email address and password on everything, even though they're repeatedly told not to do so by anyone who knows anything about, about uh, cybersecurity. Um, but they do. Uh, so anytime a username and password becomes stolen, uh, the potential um, for that to become a bigger issue is much larger. And I might get into that one day Um Probably not today because <laughs> you guys will want to finish listening to the sound of my voice pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I, basically the question I sort of was asking myself is, should companies and people expect authorities or someone else? I, I, I don't even know who it would be because I don't think authorities have really got the skill or, or, the, or the manpower to do anything about this sort of stuff. But basically, I feel like companies, whether they've been negligent or not, when they get hacked, are being victims of crime themselves. So, but the 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 way it's portrayed in the media is that that is not that. It's that the um, the company, you know, is the the the, the criminal almost. I mean, the, they get loads of negative PR, and I understand, you know, to an extent that that they got got all this information. Now, I think. It's a different kettle of fish if they've got information from you kind of without your knowledge. Like when people are tracking where your phone is and all that sort of stuff, if you don't expressly give them permission for that and they have no real reason for that, uh, firstly, in Europe, they'd be breaking the law. But if they have it and that gets stolen and then used in a negative fashion, then they have they have been criminal and I think they should be in trouble. But if they are using some information that you've willingly given them to run their business and then someone steals that and they haven't been negligent in the sort of security practices they put in place, then they are a victim. Like you might also be a victim, but they're a victim. Um, and I don't think that the sort of way that these kind of events are reported kind of put that forward. Cause I mean, do you know whose name wasn't in the, in, in these news reports about Quora getting hacked? The person who hacked it. Now I'm sure in that instance, that's because nobody knows who hacked it, but that doesn't change the fact that it's the person who hacked them that was the criminal or at least caused this crime to happen. Um, and I kind of feel like there's just a, I don't even know what the answer to this, to, to this point is, but I kind of feel like if you're a company and you get physically broken into by a criminal and they take stuff that belongs to you, whether it's information or physical produce, um, you can turn to the authorities for some kind of, protection like the, the the police should it shouldn't be possible for people to just come down to your shop and steal all your stuff um now that kind of that's true whether or not you have got the most sophisticated most up-to-date amazing security stuff going on in your shop or not um you know there's a point where you'd have to say if you're negligent you kind of deserve it like if you sit there at night time you leave your shop wide open the lights all on and it's evident no one's there and you're surprised that when someone just walks in and takes something for free 
you know, that's one thing. But if you lock up and you pull down your roller shutter um, and you maybe turn on your alarm and someone still breaks in and steals your stuff, then I think most people would be like, well, I'm going to call the police. This isn't acceptable. Um, however, when the same thing happens, which is in a security, a cyber security sort of viewpoint, um, it's so much harder to protect against because there are so many avenues for which one of these hacker people can get into your system. Um, it's so much, the reality is, is people like having stuff cheap and fast online, but it, there's kind of like a, a security seesaw that you've got to kind of balance out here that if you want the sort of levels of security that the sort of media and everyone seems to present that they want the cost is going to be a lot higher and even so even with the most expensive security in the world you're not 100% protected from from someone hacking you um, or human error <laughs> um, there's ways of obviously mitigating all of these things but the reality is is ha you know you look at sort of if you look at the Quora thing and I realise they've got hundreds of millions of users but if you made like a smaller version of Quora you'd be thinking we barely make enough money off of advertising to stay alive. Um, and you want us to implement all these multiple, 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 multiple layers of, um, security. It's unrealistic. Um, and no one would pay for it. So no one would use that site. So it's kind of this risk scenario that we all sort of agree to whether we, whether we want to or not. Um, it's as somebody who works in security and kind of understands I mean, I would like to say a lot, but yeah, however much you know, I feel like you also know that you don't know a lot um, when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, it's very frustrating uh, to see all these sort of things just lumped together. There's no real, um, you know, difference between when a company is hacked because of absolute negligence and they, and they, they're effectively being criminal by the negligence. And when a company is hacked because the hacker figures something out before anyone knew it was going to potentially happen, um, there's no way of discerning that from a media story that the majority of people will see. And I feel like, for example, Cora's brand, uh, will suffer from this this most recent breach uh, and assuming that they've done everything reasonably speaking um then what were, what were they supposed to do um i think it's you know they're getting covered in the media massively saying oh yeah they've had this many million people get their details exposed when realistically they haven't had their details exposed uh they siphoned the information about these people uh it's encrypted blah 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 if they figure out how to decrypt it that's a different th thing altogether. Well, it's not really a different thing. The crime is still the same, and they still took reasonable precautions. But you know, wh at what point is a, is the risk acceptable? That, that's basically what I'm saying. I mean, let's face it: um, aeroplanes are not 100% reliable. There have been planes that crash because of a, a an unforeseen design problem. Um, but yet, we're all happily will get onto an airplane and go on holiday. Uh, I, you know, it's difficult. I, I kind of feel like as a business owner, if you were making an online business and people, someone hacked you and you hadn't done anything, um, that was just plainly irresponsible. Um, I feel like you get hung out to dry a lot and that people 
kind of don't focus on the fact that the criminal is the hacker um, and these companies suffer massively. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't have like, I, I'm not like a corporate shill. I don't have unreasonable sympathy for these companies. If they haven't been putting a reasonable investment into their security as, as they get more and more information and more and more people involved in their company, then that's unacceptable. But at the same time, I, I just think that the, the layperson and certainly people in the media um, and politicians making laws and stuff like that don't appreciate the um, the complexities and di- the difficulties in actually trying to secure these things. Uh, you you know, I say that you could make it work, you could make it secure, but then it's not going to work how people expect it to work. And all these sort of things are businesses trying to make a living. And I don't think that you know, whilst you've got your Amazons, uh, you also have your companies which are just getting by like everyone else. Um, you know, are they, is some little ma and pa shop making some handcrafted thing? Are they expected to have the same kind of security as Amazon? And let's face it, I don't think Amazon is immune from potential hacking anyway. Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like we, it online, we seem to hold companies to a, to a different threshold of responsibility for their security as opposed to, in a physical shop, if someone breaks in and steals all the stuff, then people say, oh, that, that robber is terrible. Look at this crime this robber has done. The, and the shop is the victim. Whereas online, someone basically breaks in, steals all the sort of the crown jewels, uh, of the people's information. And then it's the, it's the, it's the shop. It's the online shop that's the, that's done the bad thing. And they have, they potentially have. I'm not trying to discount people from having to have proper security i just think that there's like a a dilemma there that is hard for me to resolve but anyway what are your thoughts on that uh if you have ever been in a leak uh and i've got some news for you if you're on the internet or you're listening to this podcast other than on someone else's phone that they downloaded you probably have been in um side note visit have I been pwned.com and it will tell you uh if your email address is popping up uh that's run by a uh a security expert um and is a legit site so it's not it's not fishing um i think you'd be safe enough putting your details in well your email address into that site um to find out whether you've been in a in a compromise um leak um but certainly uh that's worth having a look at um but anyway, if you have an opinion on this, if you've been involved in having your information stolen from a website and then potentially used, uh, then tweet me up, let me know. Also, if you if you have an opinion on this whole debate that I'm kind of having by myself here in what is acceptable and at what point do we think, what, not feel sorry is probably the wrong term, but at what point do we think this online business has been the victim of the crime here uh, rather than dragging it into the media and making it out to be the bad guy. Um, I don't know, but, but let me know. Uh, if you tweet me at Charles Gregg, C-H-A-R-L-E-S-G-R-E-I-G, um, and let me know, that'd be great. Uh, and just finally, as the last thing in terms of the podcast, the podcast success, uh, I still have not had somebody random tweet me up. So as as far as success of the podcast is concerned we are still having zero success so if you want to give me that little buzz of excitement of having some success 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 uh give me a tweet 
Anyway, I, I had some other stuff I was going to talk about. Uh, maybe I'll use that in the next one. But for now, uh, take it easy. Uh, have a good week. <laughs>